rather drink diarrhea than this. <laughs> that is fing awful. <laughs> That's gross. That's really gross. Sorry. What a bunch of sellouts. Never buying 10 barrel again, you ass hats. Never heard of ass hats before. What is an ass hat? What is an ass hat? What the f is an ass hat? That's my new favorite word, ass hats. Dude, that's an awesome. I'm gonna use ass hats. That is great. I've never used that before. That beer gives me a f headache. Well, Tim, you give me a f headache. <laughs> try and, well, tr looks like he's try anus. Uh, can't fool us, Anheuser Busch. Yeah, anus. Bilbert Baggins. Bilbert Baggins? <gasps> the butt hurt is real. You mother pieces of Jeez. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. <laughs> this, this, is, this is supposed to fire us up. Why am I getting so pissed off right now reading these things? This is bullshit. Robert Williams. Well, I would say this one over like a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> I've had a turd in the punch bowl, and this is way better than that Lame. What? I thought these were like good. That's it. That's all I got. There's no more on this. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. I'm sorry, are you okay? <laughs> that my blood pressure's all <laughs> Welcome to episode 42 of Tap to Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with my buddy John Ream, we are going to guide you on your craft beer journey by passing on our knowledge and our experiences to you, the listener. We are recording again on Saturday February 13, 2016. And in this episode, we are discussing some craft beer articles. We're going to answer a listener question concerning opening waxed bottles. And we're going to talk about marketing hype around the changing craft beer to indie beer, as well as uh, our usual beer banter. And as you, if you can't tell, this is our second show tonight. And we are recording it on the same night we recorded the last show. So, John and I are already feeling pretty good, so bear with us. And John, uh, I know that nothing's changed since our last episode, but do you have anything new to add to how you're doing? Woo! No. I, <laughs> I'm feeling good. You know, I, I've, I've been self-medicating, as I mentioned last time, and uh, <laughs> I just pounded an 8% old chub. <laughs> it's so damn good. So uh, I'm feeling real damn good, and I, yeah. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. So you may be asking, why are we recording two shows that are spaced two weeks apart from each other on the same night? Well, it's because I am not in the country right now. As you're listening to this, I am returning back from my trip to Israel after being there for two weeks. So the because future. Yes. So we're talking to you from the future. And because John... And from the past. Yeah. And from the past, yeah. And John is such a trooper, he decided that we were going to go ahead and record two shows on one night. So, you, the listener, this is the kind of uh, disaster that you're going to get tonight. So, just bear with us, bear down, and let's get this show rolling. Yeah, trooper, a.k.a. this was going to be less painful than trying to tell my wife that we were going to record on Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> yeah, that's you know. true. <laughs> that's true, yes. So, so who's the hero? John. John's the hero. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll say that. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, John, you know what? Uh, we couldn't be doing this without drinking some beer. And what are we drinking now? 
So now I'm drinking a delicious brew known as uh, Payette Brewing Rodeo Rye. Sweet! Um, Ro- Payette just started uh, distributing the Seattle area. They uh, followed Sockeye, who started uh, three months ago or mm. so, three, four months ago. Um, so now we got some, some Payette. Uh, so I just uh, picked up the Rodeo Rye and the Rustler IPA today oh, at yeah. the uh, bottle shop. So right. I'm enjoying some of this uh, Rodeo Rye. So what do you what do you think of the Rodeo Rye? I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, it's got a nice. Um, I think you could tell this is a rye beer just yeah. from smelling it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the rye jumps out of this. Uh, it's got nice that like little spicy note that that you associate with it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. And uh, I'm already a third of the way through it. <laughs> I just opened it like two minutes ago. <laughs> so It's it's okay. Uh, yeah. It's okay. I'm a third through mine, too, because I'm drinking the same thing, John. Wow, we're so synced up oh right gosh. now. It's crazy. It's incredible. It's, it's uh, like we have notes muddy to a drink or something. <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, you know, John, I was hoping when you posted on Twitter today that uh, your your bottle shop, your main bottle shop, had Payette Brewing beer on site. I was really hoping you were going to pick up this beer because I wanted to drink this together with you. And so, cheers, John! To we're we're drinking this Rodeo Rye uh, together while we record. So, um, this cheers, is my friend. Th- this is a good beer. This is a go-to beer. It's a seasonal one. It's not released all year round. And I look forward to when this comes out every year because it's one of my favorite rye pale ales. It's a rye pale ale. Uh, it's like you said, it's got some fantastic rye flavor. The aroma screams rye. And, uh, there's nobody I know of that doesn't enjoy this beer when it comes out. So yeah. So, See, go, and go get it. so I've known you to talk about this beer and <laughs> I knew it was a seasonal and I was surprised they sent it. You know, along with the the first, you know, shipment to Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, most places that are going to expand, they don't they don't put in the seasonals. They put in their you know trusted flagship year round. You know those kind of beers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was excited, and uh, to be honest, I had picked this out before you replied that I needed to pick up this beer. I was like. I know I got to go get some of that. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, for preaching for Payette. I, actually, I guess Payette should thank you for preaching it. So, um, uh, it, yeah. Well, th- it is my favorite Boise brewery by far. Payette is the best brewery in Boise area, and uh, I love everything they do. And hey, I'll preach it. I drink it. I preach it. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of go-to beers from this brewery, and they're expanding to a hundred thousand barrels. A year in their new brewery, they're opening in a, in uh, midsummer, so I can't That's wait. That's awesome. Yes. So all it's- right. So my next trip out, my first day, we're hitting Payette and Edge. I'm gonna just put that out there. Well, and that was our trip for the second day when you visited me, and because of unfortunate yeah. circumstances, we missed both those breweries. So, <laughs> but I next learned- time we're not screwing around. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned a valuable lesson: go to the best breweries first on a visit because you don't know what's going to happen on the second day. So, well, hey, we hit Ten Barrel. You know, the the afternoon is where we kind of de- deviated a little bit, but yeah, Ten Barrel was a strong start. It was so. That's but true. anyway, we we're we're getting way off track already on our second episode tonight. Um, 
So uh, how about some uh, new and noteworthy beers? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You want me to go first? Oh, yeah, thank you, John, for letting me yeah, go first. Danny, I appreciate that. What have you, you know what? <laughs> Let's start off new. What have you drank uh, since, since our last episode? <laughs> okay, well, I just yesterday, I had a stone brewing enjoyed by 21416 Black IPA. And this is an interesting beer because I had this on draft a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was okay. It wasn't bad. It was just like, okay, it's okay. But I went ahead and bought a bottle because sometimes when I have something on draft, I might experience something different from the bottle. So I wanted to try it both ways. So I bought a bottle. I had that bottle last night, and I'll tell you what. The bottle was far superior than the draft. And I find that weird because usually draft tends to be better than the bottle. So that's what I was going to say. I'm surprised you decided to go this way because I would, you know, if I had a a bottle that was a little off, I Mm -hmm. would maybe venture to try the draft because that's usually, you know, more the the brewer's vision, you know, because it's a little more controlled. The the keg doesn't, you know bring as many of those off flavors as fast mm-hmm. as a yeah. as a bottle will. Yeah. Um but you know that's good to hear cuz I when they announced they were doing this beer the first run was, you know, California only. Uh I guess the second run is out now cuz I hadn't heard that that this had left California yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently I missed it coming to Seattle if it came. Um which is too bad. I I have the enjoy by 214 standard oh IPA. yeah yeah i, I had that one too. To drink tomorrow um it's good i've had that one too it's good but, but this uh, but this one's better as far as uh it's you know john that i tend to like cascadian dark ales or black ipas that are more <laughs> like an american stout um this one is not that way but i still appreciate it, it does have that uh, dark malt backbone, but the it's it's prominent in the in the the IPA ness of the of the bitterness and the the hops. So this is what I would think you would have you had this yet? You haven't had this yet, right? No. Okay. I haven't had it. This is what I would expect you would really appreciate in a black IPA, being that it is an IPA that has some um, malt, you know, roasted malt in it, but it's not pro- primarily. Uh, you know, roasted malt uh, flavors. So this one, I think yeah. you're going to really enjoy. Yeah, and that's why I was looking forward to this because if any brewery is going to do right by me in terms of a black IPA, I mean, Stone always puts the hops first, mm-hmm. no matter what style it is. So, uh, you know, I figured they would uh, hook me up with a, a solid black IPA. But that's awesome that you are enjoying it as yeah. well because yeah i know that you you and i are on opposite spectrums in terms of what black <laughs> IPA should be which is why i started laughing when you uh you brought that up yeah. it seems it's the running joke of this show it is, so. it is. It, and, and that was that's what makes it fun for you and i to be uh, on the show and being friends and enjoying craft beer is that we each have you know our little things that we uh we enjoy and and uh, we, we we agree to disagree on and hey, this is one of them. But you know what? I agree to agree with you on this beer. So I hope you awesome. also agree. But John, but, 
I'll probably get the next version. Okay. But, uh, get get yeah. the one that's for March uh, 21st or whatever they release. That would be great. Perfect. But what have you had noteworthy since our last recording? All right. So we talked about gluten-free beers mm-hmm. to a great extent. And we even mentioned this beer as coming soon. And that's the New Belgium Gluteny Pale Ale. Oh, uh, which I just saw at the bottle shop when I was out there uh, for the last couple of days. I was like, I gotta grab at least one of these and try it out because you know I'm I'm curious now. Um, you know, here in Seattle, we have what I could probably put up as the best gluten free brewery. Yes, period. I agree in the country as Ghostfish, which they do great beer that happens to be gluten free. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I did not expect when I went and met you there. So, this gluteny is the gluten reduced. Uh, it's not gluten free. It's crafted to be gluten reduced. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I don't have the bottle next to me. I, I left it upstairs. But um, when I first opened this, this smells incredible and it tastes incredible. As it warmed in the glass, it got a little harsh. Oh. Um, so I would say if you're going to put it down quick, go ahead and pick up this beer. Um, it the, the aroma stayed nice throughout. So if you just want to smell a beer, go ahead and pick up this beer and you can <laughs> smell it the whole way through. Um, but don't let it warm up too much. I, I'm not sure if it was a hop harshness or something with the malt or how they reduce the gluten. You know, I I don't know. I don't have enough experience with these type of beers to say for sure. I would lean towards it was uh, something, the hopping that they did. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I really enjoyed the first, you know, five, 10 minutes of this beer. Um, But I was, you know, occupied with my boys and other stuff. So I didn't get it down, you know, too quick. Yeah. Um, and, and the last half of it wasn't as enjoyable as the first half. Um, okay. and, and usually we, we don't, you know, you expect a, a solid beer to be good even as it's warming. Um, but you know, this one was so good at the start that I, I still have to mention it and I still got to mention it as a, an option for people that, that have a, a gluten issue. Um, I'd still check it out. Um, just maybe get your drink on quick, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, great aroma. I mean, it's got some great hop character to it. Um, at least in the nose and, and at the start. So well, good. Um, and my second beer, uh, will be our weekly Fremont plug. Oh, and, and that's, uh, <laughs> I dug one out of the cellar uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, and that's the 2014 uh, Coffee Cinnamon Bourbon Abominable. Oh, and wow. the, uh, the Abominable is a, a yearly winter beer that uh, I think that is only barrel aged, um, if memory serves me correctly. And over the last uh, year or two, they started doing different variants of it. They have this uh, coffee cinnamon. They have one that's like a spice wars. It's just a, a spiced beer. Um, they do it straight. Uh, and then they'll do special kegs for different festivals and stuff that they attend. Um, 
But this one, uh, it had uh, the coffee was no longer a player uh, mm. in the beer. Um, and in my experience in homebrew with coffee, uh, it's kind of similar to hops. It it, yeah. it fades. Yeah. I mean, not not uh, to the same degree, I'd say, but. You know, it's bright early and it's awesome early, and then it just starts to deteriorate. And you know, this was uh, almost two years old at this oh, point, wow. so the coffee was really not a factor. Yeah. Um, it did still have some of the, the that cinnamon character to it. Um, it was really light, um, but I still really enjoyed this beer. Um, I think I've had I had had this and in, in, in this vintage at a festival and missed checking it in because okay. I was surprised when I went to check it in and untap that I hadn't logged it before. But I know I've at least had the uh, standard version of this year and there's definitely a difference. I mean, the, there, there was that cinnamon character to it, but um, Fremont just does really good job with their like, bourbon barrel program mm-hmm. uh, between this and the dark star that we mentioned in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're ever up here and they've got it available buy as much as you can drink one and, and start aging some of the others. Cause it's really good. Mm. So, so yeah. John, this, this was a bottle you had or did you have it at the brew and they released it? This, this is a bottle and I have okay. four or five more bottles of various Fremont barrel age okay. stuff okay. in the fridge. And uh, just my um, one last thing for my my update on my my year of uh, catching Denny on Untapped. <laughs> uh, since we recorded our last episode, I'm plus two. Um, I picked up two beers because uh, I I've logged my my two uh, beers that I drank through the episode. I'd already logged the uh, the old chub, but I picked up the other two. Oh, that's awesome! Good job, yeah. John. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. My second positive week out of the year. <laughs> hey, good job, good job. Wow. So, um, quick question: the cinnamon, though, um, yes. did the cinnamon come off as a heat to the beer? No, no, it no. Didn't. It was it was more um, almost uh, you know it's a lot of uh, pumpkin pie spice uh-huh. is a. Uh, Depending on what you buy, it's either strong in cinnamon or strong in nutmeg. Okay. And it kind of came across as one of those that was strong in cinnamon. Okay. So it wasn't, uh, yeah, there wasn't any kind of heat or anything. It was just, it was very pleasant, like like a very light hand, deft hand to adding it. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I um, I agree with you. Whenever I have a coffee beer, something that has coffee in it, um, I try to drink it fresh because I, I've also experienced the same thing. The coffee drops out very fast if you don't drink it uh, fairly you know, soon. So, um, it, so yeah, I can imagine that a, a 2014 beer would definitely lose that coffee. I, I'm, I guess that's why I asked if it was a bottle or not. So the coffee was, in, was put in uh, before it was bottled. I, w- I was wondering if they had run it through, if it was if it was on draft, if they would have run it through one of those, uh, what are those things called? Like a Randall. A Randall, 
uh, through the coffee before they served it, that might uh, give you some of that flavor of the coffee in there before um, drinking it. But yeah, if it's bottled, then there's no way you're going to be able to keep that freshness. Yeah, no, no. This was a uh, yeah a bottle um, and a waxed bottle, which oh, we'll get into later. Yes, wax. Yeah, that's great. We, you know what? Talking about wax, you know, that's a great segue, John. I know you're not supposed to segue your segues, but you did a great job. That brings us up to a listener question from our buddy Robert TPS Sponge uh, on Twitter. He says, "How the hell do you open a waxed covered bottle?" He says. I have had such hard time, and uh, I have my own method that works awesomely. But John, before I talk about mine, I want to hear about your methods of opening a waxed sealed bottle. So I agree with Robert. I, <laughs> I hate opening wax covered bottles, and for a long time I struggled immensely with it. Um, so what I've settled on as my go-to method. And there might be better methods out there. And hey, if you've got a good method for getting a wax covered bottle open, let us know because it's tough. Um, and, you know, there's always concern that you don't get it cleaned up enough. And when you yeah. actually pop the cap off, you're going to drop wax into your beer oh, yeah. or oh, yeah. whatever. Um, but I, I digress. So my method <laughs> now is uh, I take a pair of kitchen scissors. And I tighten them around just under the cap and I like rotate the bottle to like cut into the wax, uh -huh. like down to the glass. Okay. Just underneath the cap. And then I have uh, a bottle opener that's got a wide enough mouth that I can chip away at the wax until it grabs <laughs> the cap. Now, you could do this with something else. I mean, you could use the scissors then, you know, put one half of the scissors on top of the cap and the other half under and just pull up to pick the wax off the top of the cap. Yeah. Just to give you enough to grab with any kind of bottle opener. Because, um, I mean, that's part of the problem. The wax gets in the way of something to grab the yeah. cap to pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Right? So any method you can to then chip the wax off the off one side of the cap. It doesn't have to be fully clear, just off one side of the cap so that you can get something under that edge and then just pop it off. Mm -hmm. And I haven't experienced uh, using this method. I haven't experienced wax going to the bottle, but it, it's been successful for me and I can get into one in under two minutes now, okay. uh, which used to be a much longer process. Yes. So, yes. Denny, what is your process for getting okay. into the wax? All right, I have a couple. Um, for all those great breweries that put pull tabs on your wax, those are the best ways. You just grab the pull and you twist it around and remove the wax. That's cheating. We don't need to know about okay. pull tabs on there's, Come on. Yeah, there's literally, there's literally, I've had like three beers that were waxed that were ever had a pull tab. Uh, so that's not the common way, but that's the best way. If the brewery loves their, their customers, they'll put a pull tab on it to, to release it. But if you're not that lucky to have a pull tab, my preferred method is very similar to John's, except I take a steak knife and I put the steak knife right under the ribbed section of the cap. I press in to break the, the seal and I rotate the bottle around at the top of the cap. Then I put the knife at the bottom 
of or at the top of the rim of the so the bottle usually has like a uh, it has the part where the the cap seals to it then it has like a uh, another ribbed spot um, before it gets to the cap I put it right by the rib spot which is about uh, two millimeters below the the cap and I do the same thing I press in and I rotate the, the bottle and then that breaks this the uh, a two millimeter or three millimeter section of wax. I peel it off. I get my regular bottle opener, the standard bottle opener that has like a, a hoop with a, a grab. You you grab under the thing and lift the cap off. I never have any wax or any problems with my wax seal at that point, and it works great every time. I I never have a problem. Now it does leave a bit of a wax problem on my countertop where I just you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, chipped away all that wax, but that's the best best method I found to remove wax seals, and I've re- I've done at least a dozen or more wax seals that method without a, an issue. So that's the easiest way. Yeah. So I, I guess I mean we have a very similar method: yeah. clear underneath the cap, yep, and then clear a section below along, yeah, like the. Like up near the so just to get a grab. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the way. So we're both very similar, and that's the best way we can tell to remove the the seal. But the no, yeah. the, the really the best way is when a brewer loves you and they put a pull tab <laughs> that that actually See, rips it around the wax. That's I've the never way. had a pull tab. That's why I laughed. You said, "Don't give us that," because I've <laughs> never had a bottle with a pull tab on it. So well, then you're you're going to the wrong breweries. I, you know what the the beer I'm getting out of these is pretty good. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy with it, but uh, I oh, I will stress: be careful. Yes. Um, yeah. You know we're using scissors and knives, sharp objects. Beer may or may not have been involved ahead of time. You know, be careful. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Of so. course. Of course. Great. Great public service announcement there, John. You did well. We're now not going to be sued. So we're going to move nah, there's on. Nothing, there's nothing to get from here anyway. So <laughs> yeah, you, you might be able to get my last couple bottles of uh, loose cannon. That's about it. That's all I have. And and that's worth like, that's, that's like, that's, I know it's, it's unmeasurable amount of worth, right? Because there's only a few bottles left. That's like priceless. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't sell it. So it is priceless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Hey, um, thank you, Robert, for your question. And if you want to ask us a question, you can do it through Twitter, or you can write us an email, or you can send us a uh, message on Facebook. We have our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. You can go ahead and like us. You can respond or comment to our posts, and you can add posts to our website or to our Facebook page and uh, interact with us we we appreciate all the you know all the interaction now um this episode is going to be because we are recording this uh you know basically a double episode night uh, we're not going to have a a real concrete topic to discuss but we're going to do a kind of a little bit of a hodgepodge section here where we're going to talk about a few items of craft beer and the first thing we want to mention is uh, right now there seems to be a big push to separate craft beer from big beer and uh, what i mean is a lot of, of 
craft breweries are being bought out by big beer. Anheuser-Busch, Coors Miller, uh, you know, Duval, Duval, whatever you want to say. You know, they're all being, you know, having a little bit of a, of a, of a buyout. And the craft brewer or the uh, craft brewers association, uh, you know, they have a, a listing of what determines what a craft brewery is. And uh, whenever you get bought out by an entity that is, you know, or you're, you're owned by an entity that's more than 25% of the brewery, then you're no longer considered craft beer. So what people are arguing about is, hey, do we need to change the name of or the what we're calling craft beer from being craft beer to being called indie beer, independent beer? And uh, I don't know. This is uh, this is kind of a I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, I can understand the the draw of people wanting to call out beer to be whether it's independent or if it's corporation owned and big beer and which is small beer. But do we really need to, to identify it as independent beer or, you know, what is your thought, John, as far as uh, this whole push for marketing to what to call uh, good quality beer? Stop. 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 That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my thought. I, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, I know people are worried that they're going to get dragged in the mud or something with all of these acquisitions that are going on, uh, that people are going to think that, you know, all these breweries are maybe owned by AB InBev or whatever, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Make good beer. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the thing that matters. Who cares what you're called? If you make good beer, I, you know, I, this whole, I, I, I'm not going to get behind any of this kind of push. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 what, what do you think? I mean, are you uh, in favor of a, of a change? No, or? no. I, I, you know, John, you and I are on agreement with this whole thing. I agree. Make good beer. I'll drink good beer. Make bad beer. I stop drinking you. Whether you're independent or not, if you make bad beer, I'm not drinking your beer because you make bad beer. And there are several places in my local area that are independent indie beers, craft beer, local, drink local that I won't drink because their beer is crap. So I'm all about good beer, just like you, John. Do I need to separate it into feeling that I need to support the independent brewer because they're doing it the hard way? No. <laughs> I, I don't need to support that. I just want to have a good product. If that good product is being backed by a big corporation, as long as that product is good, then I am okay with it. Once that product becomes bad or becomes something that is, you know, they, they do something that is bad, you know, money-wise where it costs more money or they do something that, that tricks me, that makes it so that I feel cheated, I might, I might separate myself from it. But in but I want to get a good product and I don't care if that good product is independent or corporate owned or whatever. Uh, I just want to have a good product. You know, I, I mean, are you guys only buying independent cars from a local car manufacturer from your local state or your local city? No, you're buying a corporate car. You're buying a Ford, a Chevy, a Toyota, Whatever car you decide is a corporate car. You don't separate what you're driving with what you're 
you know, why? Why separate it? It's you're not going to buy a local indie car if you want to have a good, reliable product. So I'm the same way with the beer. I don't drink Budweiser because I don't like the beer. I don't drink it because it's a corporation. I don't drink it because I don't like it. I like stuff that has more flavor. Same thing. As long as Tin Barrel keeps brewing great beer, which they are, they have not deteriorated in their beer quality at all since they have taken money from Anheuser-Busch, I will continue to drink their beer until they, they start making crappy beer. That, that's my thought on it. I, I don't need to have it. Oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, so maybe this relates to the way you view these acquisitions because you and I have both been of the mindset that as long as the beer is good, mm-hmm. we will drink it. I mean, that's why we're in this, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we want beer that we enjoy. So, I mean, I guess if you're of the mindset that it, it matters who's paying for the ingredients – then maybe that's who's going to back this with more, you know, ferocity. Yeah. Not, not us. Yeah. I, I have a, a friend on Twitter who lives here locally in the Boise area. And when the acquisition first occurred with Tin Barrel, she said, I just don't, I just can't support big beer. I want to support local. And I was like, well, when you were going to Tin Barrel before they got bought out by M- ABM Bev. Reality is, they were still being, you know, their main, their main headquarters was still in Oregon. That wasn't a local beer to begin with, but you were still going there. I mean, what, why, why would all of a sudden now that ABM Bev owns the whole, you know, that owns the whole thing, or that they're now less uh, local than they were before? They were already not local. Yeah, they had a a brew pub here in the Boise area, but their main headquarters was still in Bend. So if you were to talk like a corporate thing, they weren't local beer, you know. So so what made it different? I said I told her, as long as Tin Barrel continues to make good beer in the Boise area or in Bend, whatever, I'm going to keep buying. I'm going to keep going there. I'm going to keep giving my business because the people that are working there, even though some of their money might be coming from outside the state, they're still living in our state. They were still here before anything happened. They're still local people. You're supporting the local area. And they, Tin Barrel has not stopped being a local community uh, sponsor of all kinds of events. So as long as they keep sponsoring local events and doing stuff to help the local economy, I, they're still local. They're still, in a, they're still local brewery that's helping the local area. Yeah. So one of the other things that's been mentioned is, oh, okay, how about naming uh, beer that is being produced by companies that are uh, wholly owned by big beer, uh, call them, calling them crafty beers. You know what? I, I don't want – the crafty beers to me are when uh, the big beer tries to pull – you know, try to market some crappy beer as craft beer. That's crafty beer to me. If it's good quality beer, that's not crafty beer. I don't want it called crafty because they're not trying to be sneaky. Uh, you know, craft beer is still craft beer, boutique beer, unique, whatever they want to call the the artisan beer is artisan beer. I, you know, anything that's mass produced and has a, a bland flavor, you know, that's going to be more, you know, domestic swill. But 
Yeah. And and honestly, if you're gonna try to change the way things are called, I mean, I I think you're gonna bring more confusion for from the consumers, you know, yeah. perspective than anything else. If if you're trying to make a push, because it, you know, I mean, it's hard enough as a small brewery to to sell your beer to to folks that aren't familiar with craft, and if you're floating all these other terminologies of this is crafty this is craft this is indie this is you know yeah what 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 are you really gaining here yeah you know other than you know some kind of pride or yeah it's a pride know, thing yeah I, I i don't know um at the end of the day you're a business mm-hmm. and, and you got to recognize that and and I, does changing the name of the niche that you you know came into does that does that really help you yeah. sell beer no probably not no <laughs> yeah and, and if you really care that much then you're the same person that only shops at local uh shops you don't ever buy anything corporate you're not going to buy a computer that's made corporately you're going to you're not going to use a computer because everything that in that computer is made by a corporation that's a big corporation and it's ridiculous. Come on, why is your beer? Why do you treat your beer differently than anything else in your life? And just because they're a, a, a boutique, a nice craft brewery that was once local and, and owned and didn't have any money, was uh, producing your beer that you enjoyed, and now it's owned by a corporation that you can't drink it because it's owned by a corporation is ridiculous in my in my opinion. So, yeah, that's my take. I just wanted to. Uh, Mention that because there's a lot of talk about changing this whole craft beer into indie beer, and I don't care. And John doesn't care either. So uh, there you go. There's our opinion on the whole thing. And on that note, there was a funny video released a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ten Barrel releases a YouTube video with their brewers' employees uh, reading social media comments about when they were bought out by... AB InBev and how their sellouts and all the negative comments that they, uh, you know, were receiving. Just a, just a handful of some of the, the ones. And they kind of did this in a, a fashion where, the you know, they didn't know what they were reading. They thought they were reading uh, positive comments. You know, oh, people really enjoy our beer. And then they started reading and they realized that these were all negative comments of, of stuff that was said after they announced that they were being bought out by ABM Bev, and that's the clip that we played at the beginning of the show. And if you want to see the video, which I recommend, if you enjoyed, kind of, if you if it intrigued you of what you heard at the beginning of the show, and you want to see the facial reactions and and stuff that was going on, I recommend you go and follow the link that's on our show notes. Uh, watch the video. Uh, every time I watch it, I laugh, uh, not because I I'm laughing at Tim Burrell. But I'm laughing, you know, just because it, it is, uh, I don't know, it's sad that, that, that people have to respond in that type of manner. But, uh, but it, it's entertaining. And, hey, I support Tim Barrel. I still visit them here in the Boise area. Uh, I'll con- like we said, we'll continue to visit them as long as they keep making great beer, which they, they are. And John, in the last episode, had a great beer that he was drinking in the uh, – the riding solo, pale L, single hop pale L. So hey, they're still making good beers. 
Yeah, and you know the ability to laugh at yourself is always a, a good thing. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's an enjoyable video. So yeah, go check it out if you if you like the the pre roll of this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, one more thing we want to comment on before we get to some news articles or some articles on craft beer is that Untapped has released a new version of their application for the iOS system. It's version two point five one. And uh, if you're an iOS user, you're lucky. If you're not, John, then you don't get these yeah. great features. <laughs> but but because we're such, I because I live off of Untapped, I thought you know what? Let me just go ahead and and outline some of these great features that right now the iOS users can use, and soon, hopefully, they said that it will will be released for Android here and shortly. Uh, what what you guys can expect in the near future. And uh, one of the biggest things that I was really excited for is now they have the capability of scanning a UPC code to log your beer. You scan the code, barcode on the bottle or can, and boom, it pops up right in your, uh, you know, in your uh, menu, so you can select it and uh, check it in. That's great. I've been wanting that for a long time because nothing. Really? Yeah. Uh, see, this one I don't care so much about on the list. There are, there are others that I'm excited about, but th- this is not one of them. Ah, it, it, so. Hey, anything that makes my life easier is great. Now, the problem is is that a lot of breweries, because they are small and independent, as we just talked about, they reuse UPSC or UPC codes. So, for example, if a seasonal beer, it, uh, if they have a, a single UPC code for seasonal beers... Uh, if they have four different seasonal beers, uh, those beers will all show up in the same code. So you may not know which one. But I'm assuming that when you scan the barcode, there'll be four beers that show up for that same code. You stuck to that's one that you're of, drinking. a lot of assuming. But, yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, I mentioned on the last episode that I had a sticker over my old Chubb uh, oh, yeah. UPC. It's because they couldn't use that to scan it in the system. Um, so, so, you know, I... I I, I don't think that's as as far along um, from the brewery side as we need it okay. for it to be super useful. <laughs> so uh, that one I, I'm I'll wait and see on. I okay. Guess. All right. Well, how about this one though? How about the ability to add your friends on Untapped into groups? How about that one? That one I like. Yeah. That one I'm excited about. Yes. So. Yes. This is great because now you can assign different friends to different groups. So you can have your bros, you can have your work friends, you can have your family, you can have whatever you want to assign people to, and you can go and select it and see those special people, uh, what they've checked into, so you can keep track of your favorite people, which is a great idea. I've been wanting that for a long time, too. Yeah, so you can have your bros, bros two, bros three, you know. <laughs> right now I've only no. created I've only created one group. It's called bros. And it's all the my favorite people that I want to see what they check in so I don't miss anything. So John, you Some are a bro. You're there. Oh, I'm a bro. You're Sweet. a bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, another great feature is to the ability within a a uh, description post you can tag a friend so that when and I could have used this when I logged into Rodeo Rye 
today is I could have tagged John in the description and say, hey, John, I'm enjoying this uh, rodeo ride. Cheers, buddy. And he would have got a notification that he was tagged in a check-in. So now we can share beers, share check-ins and stuff with our friends. What do you think about that, John? Is that a good feature? So this one I like because I do... I, I mean, I do that. I mean, I, I've I've tagged you. I've tagged uh, a couple of listeners, mm-hmm. you know, other friends of, you know, hey, uh, you know, thanks for the recommendation or, hey, I think you need to check this out. And yeah. I'm just hoping that they see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I don't know. Yeah. You know, and so uh, th- that one I like. I, I like that they'll get pinged. Yeah. Um, I think there's something important, you know, yeah. and hopefully people don't use it, you know, willy-nilly yeah yeah actually when it's important but um that one i i'm looking forward to because i I can i can uh hit people up when when needed yeah so i agree i agree that one was a big one uh the next one is not so big uh because it really is limited but they now have uh directly tied in uber support now the Uber support is very limited. I've I've looked into this because I was wanting to make sure that it could be used to return me home if I needed to ride home, but it doesn't. It doesn't allow you to uh, to select venues that aren't public venues. So uh, there's Uber support that if you want to go on a pub crawl or a bar crawl, whatever you want to do, um, you can then select your next venue and say and call Uber. If you have Uber app installed on your phone, and it will go and and uh, call an Uber and uh, take you to your next venue, uh, which is all right. So I'm I'm even less excited about that. Like <laughs> this wasn't on my list of I can't wait for this to come to Android because I don't use Uber that often anyway. Um, where I live, it's expensive to get anywhere. Yeah, you know from so we plan ahead, and one of us won't be the drinker, and yeah. one of us yeah. will be the drinker. I mean, that's how we do it um, if we're going anywhere of a substantial distance. And um, because of geography, uh, it makes it a, a more significant distance than it needs to be to get into the city. Um, but, yeah, if I can't use it to get home, yeah, I won't use that at all. Yeah, so. yeah. That, that was the one disadvantage I saw is that it doesn't right now have a way of getting you home. But – if you are already in Seattle, John, like downtown Seattle, and you wanted to catch a, a an Uber from one, like from a Legion to Fremont, you could, you know, select Fremont Brewing from where your local, uh, where you already are, and it will then call an Uber for take you to your next brewery. So there is some benefit if you if you don't need to get home <laughs> or go from home to somewhere else. If you just want to go inner city, it might be beneficial. So there is, but I, yeah, I guess personally, I, I don't count on Uber at all to get me anywhere. So I, th- that's why this wasn't on my list. Yeah. Of, okay. Of okay. things I was looking forward to. All right. This, so. this next feature is not again, one that's highly looked after, but it is also very, con- it's, it's kind of nice in the, in the UI, uh, the UI of the whole un- untapped. And that's, they have the ability to group your nav- or notifications. So before, every time you got toasted or every time a f- uh, you got a comment or whatever, it was just like streaming down a list of serial d- data stuff. Well, now they'll group them into style categories. So if you have um, check-ins and as someone likes, now they'll be 
instead of having one single check-in, you know, like someone uh, uh, liked your check-in for a certain thing, now they'll be grouped into like five people liked your check-in. You can click it and see the five that that liked it. Or if someone you know you know toasted you or commented or whatever, it's now grouped into uh, notifications. Um, just kind of cleans up the the interface a little bit better, I think. Not you know super necessary, but you know nice. Okay, so that's different than I thought it was. I w- this was something I was excited about, like I could dictate a little more what I was notified about, but nope. that's not what this is. No, this, this is, is just about grouping into compact uh, groups instead of having them strung, strung along. Okay, then I guess groups and friend tagging is really all I care about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. here's one that is kind of cool. It's a venue, a venue list. And this uh, lists all the venues you've checked into, and you can group it by different categories: the ones that are closest to you currently, the ones that are you have the most check-ins to. Uh, you know, there's a couple different things you can do to to list them, but it it already lists the ones you've checked into. So if you visit a few places routinely, um, you can actually easily you know go ahead and select that venue from this list. Uh, again, not th- something that's super great, but it is a, a nice, convenient thing for when you do your check-ins. If you if you have a few uh, venues you use quite often, it kind of does this already, though. I mean, once you check in, if you have a second beer, I mean, it puts that right at the top. Yeah, separated from everything else. I, I don't know if that's a huge time no, saver. It's not a huge time saver, but it does allow you to just look at how many check-ins you've had at that venue. It also lists how many check-ins you've done. So it's kind of, you know, convenient. So Mm. it'll list the ones you check in the most. Like for me, Brewers Haven is one of the ones I check in a lot. Twisted Timber, you know, some of the the venues that I check into a lot will be at the top if I choose to organize it by, uh, by number of times I've visited. So it's, uh, it's just, it's just something a little bit easier. And then along with that, there's also a quick location adding where, Right below the spot where you'd click location, it will list the two locations that are closest to where you are currently at that you've visited before. So if you didn't want to op- actually open the venue menu, it'll just list it on the front uh, on the mm-hmm. check-in page, which is kind of convenient. So um, if you are within a, a relatively short distance of two places, you can pick one of two that you that it, it's at. So that's so that one. Sometimes for me it will be super convenient, and other times it will be a disaster. Yeah, because there's a couple breweries that are like next uh, to each other. <laughs> well, no, they're they're on the fringe of like good cell service, so I don't have great service there. So it takes forever for anything to load. Oh, so adding in that in addition to just like a beer page, you know, just to, to try to check in will. Be even more difficult yeah. because it's going to be adding that as in addition to just loading the beer info. Okay, um, but I think you know the places that I have good reception that could be very uh, convenient. Yeah, you know, not to have to click into the other separate menu. Yeah, yeah, you can just select it from right below, right in the same page. You don't have to go to because that's what happens to me a lot of times. You go to location, and like you said, if your cell, if your cell service there isn't great it will either lock up or say can't up you know refresh the list or whatever you can't find the the venues which is a pain in the butt but if you already if it already knows that that's 
where you're at. It might be it might be easier to just select a, one of two um, where you're where it thinks you're at. But but yeah, again, not something that is overly needed. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I guess that, yeah, it's the socialization stuff that I'm excited for. Yeah. the groups, the friend tagging. You know, I mean, that's a big chunk of the reason why I'm there. Yeah. In addition to catching you in uniques. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the ones that help me the most is now I'm able to organize my I, I have a lot of friends that that I that that will post a bunch of stuff, but I don't really you know, maybe I don't care about some of the stuff they post or they post a lot of beers because they're going to a bunch of bottle shares and stuff and I don't want to see that they've just checked into fifty different beers. Uh, it kind of clogs my timeline, but now I'm able to just look at my bros. I know that these guys, these are the guys that when they post something, it's a real beer that's, you know, not, not going to be posting. I mean, yeah, John, you'll eventually, you know, occasionally you'll go to a festival and you'll have 20 beers you list, but it's not like every day that I have to cycle through 20 beers that you drink. And I know that I'll be able to get the real up to date stuff. I won't miss any check-ins from, the people I really care about, and that's that's a key. Is I want to stay in touch with the 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 people that I that I always interact with. You'd you'd go through all my check-ins anyway, even if I did twenty times a day. Well, what I have to do is I have to then go to you. <laughs> I have to, so so that so now you bring up another point. If you if I didn't find your check-in right from the beginning, I have to go to my friends. I have to find you as my friend. Then I have to look at all your check-ins. I mean, it's, it's like three. It's like way too much you know, hassle to go through that. And now I can just go to the group that says show all John's check-ins and I can have a John check-in, right? I can just check what you check into. Wow, my own group. Yeah. My own bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Well, that pretty much covers the new updates for Untapped. I, I figured that since we talk about Untapped all the time and a lot of our listeners li- use Untapped, that we would just talk about the new updates in iOS and what may be coming sh- very soon to Android. But we do have a couple new, or not news articles, but articles on craft beer we'd like to discuss. And the first one is the 10 most underrated breweries in America. And this is coming from Paste Magazine. And wow, uh, underrated. So these should be pretty, you know, pretty good. And uh, right off the bat, the first one they list is Albeda Brewing out of Louisiana. And uh, I don't know. I have not had no. good beer from Albeda. <laughs> and I have. Uh, Albeda, just to be clear. There's no L there. Oh, it's Abita. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I've always called it Albeda. So it is Abita. Abita. Okay. Well, good. Um, and I had a friend that here was in the Boise area. He moved to Louisiana. He came back to visit and said, man, this Abita brewing has some really great beers. I'm like, uh, I, don't, I shook my head saying, no way. He said, yeah, you go to the brewery, and the beers are actually good. Yeah, the crap you get, like Purple Haze and whatever other beers you get are pretty crappy, but the ones that they serve at the brewery are better. So I don't know. All I get here is crappy beers from Albita, or from Abita. Um, so, but they're one of the, the, the number one on the uh, underrated breweries. What do you think, John? Do you agree or disagree? I have a lot of problems with this list in general. Um, <laughs> and I have a hard time 
for a brewery that's available in 46 states to be considered underrated when, yeah. you know, I mean, we get it in Washington. There's nothing that I pine after, and I have yeah. had quite a few Abita beers. I okay. mean, and if it's true that they have stuff at the tap room that's good, well, that's great, but that I don't think that makes them underrated. I think okay. that makes them a, a poor selection of what they choose to distribute. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, then, if you think that of uh, a beta, which we we do get here in, in my area, then the next one you'll think the same of, Saint Somewhere Brewing out of Tar- Tarpon Springs, Florida. Again, they distribute to 43 states, not Idaho, of course. I don't know if they distribute to yours, but they're also uh, underrated, and I never even heard of them before. How about you, John? Have you heard of this uh, brewery? I'm shocked they distribute to 43 states because I've never heard of them. <laughs> See, this was one of the ones, you know, I didn't read the blurb all the way through, apparently, to see the 43 states, but this was one I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, this one I could see as being an underrated, but, uh, yeah, apparently I'm just, uh, you know, incapable of reading. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, my time in Ohio, I n- never heard of it. My time here, I've never heard of it. Pennsylvania, I never heard. I mean, I've been in Florida. I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, maybe they do very limited. Like, we shoot one beer out every once in a while to different states kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but... Yeah, I, I've never heard of it, and I've been quite a few places, and even in Florida, and I've never seen it. So, okay, okay, um, yeah. Okay, well, here's one you probably have had. What do you think of Magic Hat Brewing out of the Vermont? No, yeah, not an underrated. They're not. <laughs> yeah, th- th- I mean, uh, honestly, I don't get them here in Boise, but when I do travel to other states, I do. I have tried them, and honestly. Um, they don't live up to. They're not that. They're not anything special, in my opinion. I haven't had a single beer that was like, yeah, I've got to have that beer. So underrated, I I find it hard to believe they're underrated because they just, they don't make, in my opinion, they don't make anything that's super special that I uh, I need to have. So yeah, and you know, I think this one and a few of the ones that are soon to come, they make the argument that oh, the one beer that they distribute everywhere, like their flagship, yeah. that's not. It's not that great, but they have some other good stuff. <laughs> yeah, why not distribute that? Well, okay, but uh, you know, maybe that makes them slightly underrated. But I, and maybe you know, similar to how we do our tastings, they're trying to find things that are more national for people to find, mm-hmm. and that you know that the. the people have a better chance of going and getting some, some magic hat beer than, you know, something that might be actually underrated that people haven't heard about, but they need to know. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I, no, I, I wouldn't call this one or the next like three <laughs> underrated. So, well, so yeah. the next one that they're claiming is underrated, which is I find hard to believe for, for myself, is Oscar Blues Brewery out of Longmont, Colorado, which we just had on last episode, the Old Chub. And I stated on last episode that 
probably Oscar Blues is my favorite Colorado brewery. So how the hell can it be underrated if even a small boy from Boise, Idaho says it's the best brewery in Colorado, in my opinion, right? It's come on, they make great beer and how are they underrated? Yeah, I don't I don't know. And the, and the same as, uh, you know, this, this is one that they make the argument, oh, Dale's Pale Ale is what everybody knows, but they have a lot of other good beers. Uh, Dale's Pale Ale is not what I associate with, <laughs> with Oscar Blues no, um, at all. I mean, I, I'd probably start with Old Chubb, oh, you know, Old that Chubb, we tasted exactly. last time and, and go from there. And uh, so, you know, and maybe this is starting to mean this article isn't meant for us. Yeah. You know, this is meant for folks that are newer. Yeah. Um, but I, a lot of these, to me, are commonplace uh, yeah. names, yeah. which means you're not underrated because people know about you. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, yeah. If you're a known brewery, you're not underrated. And you're right. I agree. Oscar Blues, when I, when I associate Oscar Blues, Old Chubb is number one. Um, the second one that... Is Dale's Pale because it is the most their flagship pale, and it's a decent pale. But my other favorites is the Goodnight uh, Imperial Red is an incredible, yeah. great Imperial That's Red Ale that I die for every time I I drink it. You know, I just had that Death by Coconut uh, Irish Porter, which was fantastic. I mean, they have a lot of good beers that, um, you know that that I enjoy. Uh, I don't think they're underrated. I just think maybe people overlook them because their cans don't jump out at them. Even their IPA is pretty good. Their their uh, Oscar Blues IPA is is a decent IPA. I think that their maybe their marketing is keeping them from being as substantial as they could be because they do have very bland, kitty like cans art. Right? They don't look like they're anything special. They look like generic art and stuff and sometimes people are drawn to more fancier stuff that that says hey drink this beer i mean maybe that's where they're failing is in their marketing so i, I don't know yeah, i don't maybe. know either i don't know either I, so the the next one um this one is the biggest yeah miss on this entire list to me yeah i, I don't know yeah rogue ales uh, from now they say Portland, Oregon. That's not correct. It's actually no, uh, Newport, Oregon, is where they're from. Uh, which is well, they even got the they got the wrong damn address. So Pace Magazine sucks at at, at checking their stuff. Even uh, little guys like us know where these guys are from. But Rogue is is like the biggest name in the Northwest uh, as far as as beer. Now uh, I don't. Uh, go towards Rogue for another reason because they got big and they started charging outrageous prices um, for their beer and I thought yeah their beer is okay it's good beer but I don't want to pay the super premium prices not premium prices but super premium you know they want to charge you you know 14 bucks for a six pack no I'm not paying 14 bucks for a six pack of beer so that's the same uh, ballast point yeah, issue that people had. Yeah, See, I, I haven't experienced that, um, but I also don't buy Rogue by the six pack. Uh, yeah, you'd buy a twenty-two I, ounce here, a bomber here and there. Yeah. So, but I don't the, know. but yeah, but, Rogue is not is is definitely not in this list. It should not be in the list. 
No. Um, and and in their description, they use the word stalwart, which means that they are well established and like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Twenty uh, First Amendment Brewing. Um, I don't know. I don't know how far they go from the north. I've had them in Ohio. You've had them in Ohio, so they yeah. they actually go midway through the freaking country. Um, by the way, they make fantastic beers. Uh, I we just talked about one in the last episode too. We talked about the the high higher hell water watermelon wheat, um, which is a great beer. The back in black uh, is good here. The brew free or die IPA. All their beers are really good, and I don't think they're not. I mean, I think they're known. I think they're not uh, underrated. I, I don't know why they, they are on the list. I think, I don't know. Uh, you, you've heard of them. I've heard of them. You've got them in Ohio. So they're not, you know, they're distributed. Uh, I'm curious to find out if other people, listeners of the show in other states, have never heard of 21st Amendment. Or if they have, they, you know, they, they agree that this is an underrated beer. But, but John and I obviously agree that it's, it's not. Yeah, and I will say from here on out, this is how I would expect a list like this to be put together. Okay, okay. So, so Third Street Brewhouse out of Cold Springs, Minnesota. Never heard of them. Um, maybe they are underrated. Um, they have a Minnesota Gold Lager, which is uh, endeared to adjunct tall boys like Grain Belt Premium Hams. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good comparison. I don't want to compare a, a craft beer to hams, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it says locally endeared. I don't know if Grain Belt Premium is a or hams were originally produced in Minnesota, so that's why they might have. I was some thinking of that. hams. I, I don't know. I was thinking hams was in that area, but maybe I'm mistaken. Well, that that would make sense for the the way that they phrase that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, fun fact for Cold Spring, Minnesota, um, that's actually where um, a lot of the Twenty First Amendment is brewed. Uh, really? They have a contract agreement, um, for, and so a lot of what you get uh, nationally is actually brewed in Cold Spring, Minnesota. No way. So, yeah. Wow. Um, but 21st Amendment is actually currently building a huge like brewery and uh, beer drinking experience in uh, California, like closer to home. Um, that's going to be their new facility and I, I don't know if they're going to continue the cold spring production but um yeah it's going to be a bit i mean they're it's a huge investment for them so okay uh, we'll see how it turns out i i know they um they have a uh I, I don't know if they they i mean i'm assuming they have their own production facility just south of san francisco uh, I, I don't know if they're just like leasing it or something, or if it was their own. But that's that's where I thought that most of their beer was produced. That this is news to me that they're being produced in Cold Springs, Minnesota. So, so they have a brew pub in San Francisco uh, proper, and they're building a place near San Francisco. Well, it might be the south of there. That, okay. That's going to soon be what they're doing. But yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. I just assumed. I, yeah. That, I always assumed they were being brewed from that area from the beginning, so that's good to know. Wow. All right. Well, here's a name that is known, even out here on the West Coast for me. I I can't get it, but I've had it when I've gone East Coast. It's 
uh, Weyerbacher Brewing out of uh, Pennsylvania. Um, would you consider this? Uh, you you would consider this one as an unknown brewery? Yeah, because I'm I've heard the name, but I haven't heard it since I've come out here. Yeah, I've yeah. heard it when I was back in Ohio. Okay. Um, and and when I was in Pennsylvania. Um, so I mean, for, you know, I, I guess it depends on what your definition of underrated is. Uh, to me, it's you know regional or local things that that should have more attention mm-hmm. not the things that are national and everybody can get okay um but uh yeah i would consider this uh you know that, that it, it could fall into this category without without argument i just so. i just don't think they're widely widely distributed so that's why i would say why would they be underrated when they don't even get out past a few places so well, but yeah, I would say at the same time that's why they need more attention. And hey, you should go, you should seek this out. Okay. You know, rather than wait for it to come to you. Okay. So. All right. The next one is Heavy Seas Beer, and I've heard of them. I don't loose believe. Cannon. Yeah, they have a loose cannon. <laughs> they have a false loose cannon. It's not the real loose cannon. They have an IPA that's a loose cannon. Well, our loose cannon is a real loose cannon belgian dark strong ale so um but yeah they they stole our name but it's spelled differently so we're okay but um i don't know i've i've heard good things i've heard bad things i've heard mixed reviews of their beers so i don't know if they're really underrated or not if they don't produce like great beers all their beers are, are great beers it's it's hard to say but again they're you know not distributing too far away from home so yeah, I can't. I can't personally speak to this one, but it would fall under my. It's more regional. Yeah. I could understand if somebody wanted to get the word out. Yeah, you know. So all right, and the last one on the list is uh, Narragansett Brewing out of Rhode Island, and they're known for their lager, which is like PBR. Uh, so uh, why are they underrated? Because all I've known is that that's all I've heard of is their lager. So, do they actually make good beer? <laughs> or do they just make cheap lager. I don't know. Do you, uh, you have any uh, in, insight on that? I see. I wasn't familiar with this brand at all um, because it was it disappeared for two and a half decades uh, and came back. I guess uh, around a little before I started my my beer drinking. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't know. It says that they do some more craft beer type stuff now. Um, so, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Mike, Mike, maybe, maybe this, this one depends on, a, on an age, what age you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. From what I know is, is that their lager is their, their number is, is their, that's what they're known for is that lager. And it is a easy drinking, you know, lager that's, from what I understand, is the equivalent of like a PBR type lager that's cheap. It's a cheap beer that's an easy drinker. Um, underrated? I don't know. If you like cheap lagers, I guess it's underrated <laughs> because you can't get it outside of Rhode Island. But, uh, well, maybe the other stuff they have going, maybe that's why this is underrated because traditionally that's what they brewed and now. 
that they've revived the brand. You know, they still have that, but they are doing other stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that could be. That could be. All right. Well, hey, that's enough of the underrated breweries. We got one more uh, bit of a little news article for you. And this revolves around uh, grocery stores that want to let customers shop while drinking beer. And uh, this is kind of a new paradigm shift in the whole, you know, beer drinking, shopping thing. Um, And I don't know. I I think it's kind of risky. I don't know if it will ever be fully uh, blown out where where I can be going into my Kroger Fred Meyer store and uh, having a pint of beer while I'm walking through the store, you know, shopping for underwear or milk or whatever, and I'm drinking a beer. I don't know if it's going to be that widespread, but I already know that uh, at our Whole Foods here in the Boise area, there is a, uh, a pub, a craft beer bar, but it's at the upper, they have like an upper loft area, that allows you to go in there and drink uh, whatever number of beers they have on tap, and you can drink it. Uh, I don't know if they allow you to take that beer down into the regular shopping uh, area, but they do serve beer there. I know that all the the Fred Meyers in the local area and the Albertsons uh, in the local area of, of Boise, there's they've really had a big push for growler fill stations. They allow you to taste the beer and then purchase a growler and fill your growler at the store which is a new paradigm shift from what we've had before. Um, I don't See, use I, it. I was curious about that because it, the article did mention Kroger mm-hmm. in here, and Fred Meyer is a Kroger yeah, brand. Yeah, a Kroger brand, it, yep. It, it mentioned the Growler Stations. We don't have those in our Fred Meyer or QFC, which is also a Kroger brand. And I wondered, and now I'm wondering if that's a state thing, if, if uh, it's, Washington yeah. doesn't allow that. It's pro- it's probably so the the number one issue with this is is how the liquor laws work in the state. So um, what they need to do to push so this this big uh, grocery store thing is is a, a push that's being done in the Michigan area or Michigan State area um, in Detroit and uh, a couple areas other areas around in Michigan is they want to allow uh, people to to be able to uh, do the growler stations and to be able to pour a beer and, and drink literally while you're you're doing your shopping. And that's I, I think it all depends on what the, the state liquor laws allow, what kind of licenses you need to be able to, to do that. Um, I don't know. It seems like it's a huge liability. You don't want people, you know, causing trouble. You know, you want to kind of keep them rounded up. You don't want to have the opportunity for minors to get access to that alcohol so it seems like it's a big um you know issue well, uh, i mean it's not like it's a pour your own tap i mean i i, I don't i don't see a problem with stuff like this i it, we're adults I, I wish that we were treated like adults more often <laughs> in our day-to-day lives um and that we didn't have as much interference um and i, I think if you treated people like adults more often they would act like adults more often uh, rather than expecting that things are just taken care of for them but yeah. you know I, I same as if you were at a bar i mean if you, if you were in there causing trouble or uh you know drunk i mean they're not going to give you more 
Yeah. Right. I mean, because yeah. so what's the what's the problem? I mean, we're not gonna you're not gonna overserve. You're gonna have the same stipulations as you would somewhere else. Um, you know, I mean, just to cover your own behind. I mean, you're not you're not gonna do that. So uh, I don't know. I, yeah. More power to you. I hope this passes just so that we can, you know, act like adults. <laughs> It's it's not it's not addressing the people like you or me, John, that actually have common sense and that will will use that to to not overstep the bounds. It's the people that don't necessarily have that. Not necessarily it'll cause trouble, but you know who you don't know. But but there's still a gatekeeper, right? Somebody still has to pour it and give it to you. So they they will be able to see if you are, you know. Uh, going to be a problem or not, and they, yeah. it's their right to to give it to you or not. So, you know, we still wouldn't just walk up and just grab something. That's yeah. not the way it works. You don't. Yeah. You're not popping open a beer off the shelf out of your six pack that you're about to buy. <laughs> That's not the way this but, works. But then, what would? So, but if people see people drinking beers, what would keep people from doing that? Right, where they go and grab their bud and they pop it open and they start drinking it when they're not supposed to. Now, of course, you're right. Someone well, then they get arrested because it's against the law. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, you you would be stopped. You would. I mean, they wouldn't allow it because that's not the way that it works. Yeah. Well, it's against the law to for people to to drink. You know, to go and grab a soda off the shelf and drink it before they pay for it too. But there's still people that do it. So, I mean, I don't know. You're right. I I don't know. I don't. I, I honestly. Um, I don't need to drink while I shop. Yeah, it would make the shopping experience a lot better maybe for me. Um, I don't know. I can do it at bottle shops here that have it the right license, um, not at grocery. Um, but uh, I I think I've only done it once, <laughs> Adam. I mean, uh, it's not the ones I usually go to. The, the ones that have the license are a little out of the way for me to go to. Yeah. Um, so, all right. all right. Yeah. So, so you're all for it. If Washington State uh, starts to allow this to happen, you'll be doing your shopping at whatever store allows you to go and grab a beer, a pint, and uh, walk through the store. And has the cheapest groceries. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. The ones that currently do it in our area, they don't have cheapest groceries, right? Whole Foods is yeah. definitely not I, is not cheap. I've never. So. I've only shopped at a Whole Foods to get beer. Because it was the closest <laughs> thing to my hotel, I never shopped at a Whole Foods otherwise. So okay, all right, but, all right, all right, John. Well, hey, that's all we had for this episode. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we uh, bring this thing to a close? I think we're good. Okay, all right. Well, before we shut the doors and uh, tune out, let our listeners tune out to us. Uh, is there anyone you want to raise a glass to this this week? Uh, I, I will raise my glass to the listeners who are tuning out, as you say, um, I want to, you know, thank Robert for the questions. Uh, thank everybody who's interacting on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Uh, you know, I mean, you guys are why we do this so we can, we can talk to folks other than ourselves. So, I mean, I, I could talk to myself all, all day long, but <laughs> nobody cares. So th- thank you guys, uh, very much. I mean, it, the support is tremendous and, and we really appreciate it. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, 
I have one uh, toast I want to do. I want to do it to my buddy Erez, who is getting married on the day that this show releases. So I want to toast you and your lovely wife for uh, many happy years of, of marriage together. And and uh, that's it. And all, all of our listeners, too, for sure. And I'm sure he's listening to this on his wedding day. I, I'm sure he is, too, although he's upset that I'm not ex- – <laughs> I'm le- I'm leaving the day before he gets married, and he's been trying to to get me to stay two more days till I go to the wedding, but um, it's just not going to happen. I got other stuff going on that I have to get back to, so I I am sad I'm going to miss his wedding by t- two days, literally. But it's okay. We'll, we'll move on. We'll continue on. It'll it'll be okay. Also, I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. Uh, they do provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com, and uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, go out there and listen to all the great shows. We have the 40 Cast, we have the Open Forum Radio podcast, we have the My Peanut Gallery, we have uh, uh, I don't know all kinds of other ones out there. There's a, there's a, there's a ton. Go out there, check it out, check us out, listen to all those great podcasts. Also, you know, being a former serviceman, I just want to raise my glass. I want to thank all those who have, say, have served and who are currently serving the U.S. military service, protecting our freedoms. Uh, I just want you guys to return home safely to your loved ones uh, very soon. And uh, if you want to support the show, uh, hey, you can send money, but we don't ask you to. You can send beer. Uh, we don't ask you to do that either. But if you really want to show your support, just send us, just give us an iTunes review. It only takes a few minutes, and it really helps get the show noticed in iTunes. And hey, you know what? Uh, we do have an upcoming episode where we'll be doing another tasting notes segment, and we decided that uh, we weren't going to do a uh, St. Patrick's Day Irish beer uh, because we weren't prepared for it. What we're going to do instead is we're going to celebrate the brown L, and we're going to do Big Sky Brewing's Moose Drool Brown L as our tasting notes segment for episode 43. So if you can get Big Sky Brewing in your area, go grab a bottle or six of the Moose Drool and drink along with us next episode. And uh, if you would like to f- contact the show, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at Tap the Craft, or even leave comments on the show posts on openforumradio.com or Google Plus. Just search for Tap the Craft. And we also have a Facebook page. You can find us at facebook.com slash tap the craft. You can like our page and interact with us on that uh, venue. You can also follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Grew, and on Google Plus at Denny Loose. And John, if our fantastic, wonderful, great listeners want to follow you on social media how can you do that on twitter at prime brewing untapped prime wa and i write about homebrewing and beer at homebrewengineer.com excellent all right well hey it is last call and it's time to bring the show to a close we want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show we also uh, as a reminder we want to let you know that uh, we release a new show every two weeks and if you want you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio or however you listen to podcasts. Just uh, hit that subscribe button. You can get us in our ears every two weeks. 
And now we want you to go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. All right, you got your beer? I do. You didn't write But down. you have to be... Can you hear that? No. All right, good. Then be quiet. I'm watching the 10 barrel video. Oh, <laughs> okay. Watch it. <laughs> nice. It sounds like a payette beer. <laughs> it is funny, isn't it? I like you laughed like when they said something. It was like perfect. <laughs> The butt hurt is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it cracked me up so much. <laughs> I can't believe none of them knew what an ass hat is. I mean, you know, nobody's ever used that. I see this hat all the time. <laughs> oh. A bunch of ass hats over a ten barrel. <laughs> when they're reading it they're like totally shocked like what they all thought they were getting they were reading like positive comments and then when they were they were like bamboozled so when they they were rickrolled right they did the old uh rickrolled and as they're reading them their face will come and be like yeah. what i like though that they don't say till like two-thirds of the way through where the guy's like i thought these were supposed to be good <laughs> if you if you um i think I think in the description of the oh yeah, see in the description of the YouTube it says they gathered a a, a few of their favorite mean social media comments and surprised some employees by having everyone read them on camera. Plenty of funny reactions that help re- us reminder that uh, when it all comes down to it, we're just a bunch of softies that love good beer. But yeah, they were. I'd rather drink, drink diarrhea than this. <laughs> Oh, diarrhea. Oh, good stuff, huh? Now you know why I can't <laughs> stop laughing when I, every time I watch it, I just can't, I can't control it. Or myself. you imagine someone else watching it, you know? Yeah. It's, but I, I swear you laughed on cue in one of them reading something. <laughs> it was perfect. Uh, all right, you done watching it? Uh, hold on, I'm watching like four more times before we start. <laughs> so really getting the mood. <laughs> well, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the audio at the beginning of the show, so everyone will be shocked when they're listening to it. Like, what the hell is this? But then they'll, they'll laugh. <laughs> no, it's good. I, uh, I enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> that made my. Uh, I think I watched it on Monday, and that made my Monday. I because Mondays are always bad, and uh, I I watched that at lunchtime I think, and I just like okay now I'm now I'm ready to hit the rest of the day, I can I can do it I can get through it. Should we get this thing going? Well, you didn't put your beer in the in the 
thing yet. Okay, can I? Can you trust me to read the damn can? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I just need to know what it is so I can put it in the show notes. You don't need to know. Okay. Shit. All right, let's go then. Let's go. <laughs> you ready? No, hold on. I need five more minutes. No, just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Right. Okay. Welcome to episode 42 of Tap the Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with my buddy John Ream... Are you laughing? <laughs> we are going to are guide you. Reading? you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Do you have to start over? Did I ruin it? I'm starting, I'm starting over. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't even laughing. I was being good and quiet, and you just assumed I was laughing. I was on the inside. Okay. You know, there's something to put at the end. You, you got, you got yes. the 10 bro stuff at the beginning, and you got, I got our stuff at the end. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to turn on my call. Okay. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpaFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, my peanut gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. Open for a radio. What community sounds like. Stay open.